game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Columbus in, back to the left wing point. DRNA across to Kulak. He'll shoot off the post. The rebound. Mers Lincoln's scores! Evander Kane, after it hit the post, has given the Oilers a 2-1 lead. Evander Kane's 15th of the season is the game winner as the Oilers claim their 14th consecutive victory. Three goals in the third period tonight as the Oilers knock off the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1. Stuart Skinner, excellent game. 27 saves. He's won 11 in a row. That sets a team record for consecutive victories by a goaltender in the history of the National Hockey League. There have been seven winning streaks of 14 games or longer. Obviously, only one of them is active. And the Oilers will try to make it 15 in a couple days against Chicago. Man, oh man, just amazing stuff. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 6.30. Chad, through 40 minutes, Rob, quite frankly, a poor game by the Oilers, Mm -hmm. but not by their goaltender. And Stuart Skinner, the first star tonight, I think we could have probably picked the stars after the second period, regardless of what happened in the third. He was outstanding and sets that team record as well. Well, the Oilers don't have a chance in this hockey game if it wasn't through, for Skinner through 40. Uh, excellent. Uh, to me, it was a 4-5-1 or five, one Columbus lead is what it should have been after 40 minutes. That's how good Skinner was. There was one save where uh, the puck kind of got loose in front of the net and a a Blue Jacket skated in full speed, took a slap shot from about eight feet out and Skinner just calmly kicked out his left leg and out goes the puck. Um, The Oilers, uh, when you go this long as the Oilers have gone, 14 straight wins, you can't can't be great every night. You can't always be on your game. There's going to be an off game. Normally an off game, spells a a loss Uh, but the Oilers had an off game tonight and they had a goaltender that had a great game Uh, and then if going into the third period the Columbus Blue Jackets they hadn't capitalized on their chances now it's a crapshoot it's a 20-minute game and the Oilers who hadn't played well as of yet all they had to do is play 20 minutes and win a period win a hockey game and they did that Uh, the Oilers in the third period were the dominant team but they don't get there without Stuart Skinner having an incredible first 40 minutes. Yeah, they, they took over in the third, outshot the Blue Jackets 11-5. We played the Kane goal. McDavid scored 55 seconds later. Connor Brown, oh so close, <laughs> but he settles for an assist on Holloway's second of the season. I thought he was one of the better skaters tonight for Edmonton, so they do figure it out in the third period as their record is now 27-15-1. Just another way to put this in context. When this winning streak started, they had 13 wins. And now they've won 14, 14 in, a in a row. It's it's, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, and, and the special teams tonight, Rob, we got to talk about as well. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. The Oilers one for two on the power play, and it was the second unit power play. Fogel from Kane and Nurse. They did have a goal called back on the power play that McDavid scored. But uh, again, important in this game, uh, especially that I thought that one in the second period when it was still 1-1. The Oilers go 4-4 four for four on the penalty kill. Like, they're up around 93% over the course of this winning streak. Uh, it's shocking. And it's what's so funny about this, 
is this is a penalty killing unit that at times has been really poor. It's the same players. It's not like the Oilers went out and, and traded for seven or eight different penalty killing players. It's the same guys being used differently. Uh, they're, the players are being put together in pairing, so it's they, there's some chemistry when they go on the ice. They're much more aggressive. They're very good at standing the opposition up at the blue line, not giving easy access. Um, we, we talked before the game how the Oilers' penalty killing has won them more games on this winning streak than their power play, and I would assert that this was another one of those games. They're, uh, at any point, if Columbus scores in the first two periods on their power plays, maybe that opens up a floodgate because they deserve better than they got. They weren't able to score any, and a big part of it was fantastic penalty. I thought the, the, the Oilers, and you, you mentioned after, after the second period, the Oilers five on five were worse than they were when they were shorthanded. You felt confident when they were shorthanded that they were going to kill it off. But in the first 40 minutes, five on five, you weren't sure the Oilers were going to get out of a shift without giving up a goal. That's how good their penalty killers are right now. And they just take pride in it. And we talked before, Chris Knobloch gave certain players roles. That's where Yanmark gets to play more, where De- Brown gets to play more, where Ryan gets to play more. Those guys are proud of that, and they're making sure that the coaching staff's decisions to play them were the right decisions, and over the last 13 games, it certainly seems that way. We're going to share the fourth star tonight for Jandell Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer between Cody Cece and Vinny DeHarnay. Cece plays three and a half minutes while shorthanded, finishes with four blocked shots. DeHarnay plays 3.06 while shorthanded, credited with three blocked shots, two of them assuming they counted both of those in about a 12-second span in the second period that left him hobbling to the bench. By the way, he still took time to slash at one of the... I don't know if you noticed that. He's hobbled off to the bench. He still had a second to well, slash at one of the... Uh, the you're a little angry. Players. Someone's got to pay a price for that. You can't slash the puck for hitting you, so slash a guy on the other team. But that's two guys, I guess, we're st- who are unsung, though I think we're starting to talk about them more because of the feeling we maybe haven't talked about them uh, enough. Uh, you know, Vinny and C. CC got an assist tonight as well, quietly doing a lot of the, the dirty work. Well, it, it's funny. I hear whispers here and there that the Oilers need to upgrade on, on Cody CC, and I'm like, I don't know. Cody CC seems to understand his role and do it very well. He's a huge part of the Oilers' penalty killing that's been excellent. Uh, he anchors, he and Darnell Nurse's uh, twos are pairing by being the, the, the defensive guy and making all the proper decisions. I, I I'm not sure when the Oilers traded for him that they thought that did they trade for him or sign him they signed sign him when they yep. signed him I'm not sure they thought they were getting a top two defenseman that's going to anchor the, the Oilers against the other team's best players but he certainly have filled that role and filled it admirably uh, again he just continues to go about his business uh, under the radar but certainly noticed by his coaching staff and his teammates. 4-1, the Oilers win it. That is 14 consecutive victories for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the three stars tonight, by the way, Skinner, Kane, and Fogel. Kane and Fogel both with a goal and an assist. I mean, we'll start with, with Fogel. I mean, it's it's getting to the point with him where it's like, okay, every night he's he's going to create. I mean, he plays 13-18. He doesn't, doesn't play a ton. Yep. But there's a consistency to his game, and there's a certain element, I, I think, of s- speed and power and directness to his game. Well, I, I think the, the word that you said that really 
exemplifies what's happened with Fogel is, is consistency. I think there's always been flashes. And in, in his years here with Edmonton, there'll be a he'll go have a stretch of two or three games where you're like, okay, he's turned it on. You see, there's the physicality, there's the playmaking. Uh, he gets pucks in deep. He's doing all the right things. But then there's a quiet four or five games after that, and he just wasn't consistent enough to be a top nine forward and and get production out of him. He gained some confidence playing with Leon Drysaddle, and now he's making plays. He's driving the line. He, he plays in straight lines. He, he's not a guy that is looking to make cross-ice passes or drop the puck. He's going right at the net every chance he gets. The goal he scored, I don't know what it hit on him, but he went to the blue paint. Uh, he's in and around the right area. So, yeah, I think the first time that we've seen this this year has, has been the consistency in Fogel's game that you know. He's not a guy that at the end, about halfway the, for, for, through the first period, like, what kind of game are we going to get out of Warren Fogel? It's been a consistent game from... Well, probably about the 15th game of the season that we've got the same effort night in, night out. 4-1, the Oilers win it. Now, they celebrate win 14 and a, a good third period. we got to talk about the first 20 minutes. Uh, I mean, we talked about Skinner obviously keeping them in it, but just, uh, I mean, dreadful at times. Uh, out of sync, turnovers missed passes. Quite frankly, at both ends of the ring. A turnover in your own end usually allows the other team to keep the puck alive and forecheck, forecheck, forecheck. That happened. But then also, at the other end of the rink, well, not just missed passes, passing up shot opportunities. Oh. This, this was not a, a sharp team, uh, I guess mentally or physically, for most of the first two periods. No, it wasn't. Um, so sometimes you get a little overconfident when you, you, you win 13 games in a row and you think that you're going to make prettier plays than you need to. And I think that's what was in Evan Bouchard's head. And instead of just doing what he does best and shoot the puck on net, he was trying to make uh, pretty plays. He's trying to make uh, exciting plays where it's a lot more exciting when the puck goes in the back of that when he shoots at 105 miles an hour. So he was he was just one of many. I, I, in the th- first 40 minutes, uh, you could say Stuart Skinner, and then you could stop talking about other players that were playing well. But you're right. They they missed they missed two on one chances. Uh, there were well. There's another great example in the first where Warren Fogle was gone. And I don't know if it was the pass from Leon or Warren not, or Fogel not being able to corral it, but it would have been a breakaway for from just on his own side of the red line. They missed that pass. Uh, fortunate for the, the, the saves that Stuart Skinner gave them that allowed them to find their game in the third period. Once the third period came around, they were the better team, and uh, it was more or less over. After the after the other scored their second game, after the second goal, that was the end of it for the Columbus Blue Jackets. You weren't getting a second goal on Stuart Skinner tonight. Yeah, it was because as the Oilers have played well here, and I'm not just saying they're shooting just for volume because they they have been working the puck around and cycling and forechecking hard, but they've been busy in the offensive zone, and sometimes that just means getting a puck on yep. net, getting it to the crease, especially the bottom six guys and the defense. Now I know Bouchard has some moves, but Man, oh man! Like, <laughs> like I said after the first period, that the first turnover to him was a perfect pla- pass to a defenseman cutting through the slot, but it was by a Columbus guy. Yeah. Like you would, <laughs> I don't know. I've never played, but you probably have stolen passes like that where you're thinking, "This is a gift. I am firing it oh, as 100%. quickly as, as possible." Well, it's funny, and then you look in the third period how the Oilers scored goals. They they just threw pucks on net. I mean, the Kane goal. There was three guys that shot it. One, two, three, yeah. and went in the net. Then the uh, Holloway goal shot on net, and again. 
it is shocking with Connor Brown right now. It is harder for him to hit a goalie than it is for him to hit the empty net. Like, the last two games, he's had complete open nets mm -hmm. that he's actually hit the goalie. Like, there was more net showing than there was goalie, yet he keeps finding a way to hit the goalie. It finds the back of the net because Holloway's hanging out there. But, yeah, so in the third period, the Oilers started shooting the puck, and they just started putting pucks on it. Connor McDavid, I mean, that would be probably the, the weakest shot that he might have had in the last three years. Like, he barely got it off just because it was handcuffed, mm -hmm. but because the goalie was down. And now on that and one... creating a... If I'm Columbus, yeah. I challenge that simply because the game was over once that was it. That made it 3-1. I'm challenging right. and hoping you get one of those ones where we're up there like, okay, I don't understand how they overturned that because there was contact. Now, Hyman was knocked into the goaltender, but I'm still, I'm challenged just as the coach just yeah. because it's 3-1 now. You're, you're not scoring three more goals on Skinner. You haven't scored one and you've owned the others through 40 minutes. So I would have challenged that one there, but... Uh, the Oilers got better in the third period, putting pucks on that. They played, they simplified their game in the third period, and that was what, that and great goaltending is what got them the victory. 4-1, the Oilers take it, and also the Holloway goal. He didn't get an assist. It's from Brown and Kulak. McLeod, speed down the left wing, right? Yep. Work, chip the puck by the guy. Stole it from him. Keep yep. it, keep, you know, check his stick, keep it alive across the Kulak. So, that, I mean, and that, and that's, we talked about Fogel coming along. I think we're starting to see it from McLeod as well. Oh, I, I think so. I think he, both Fogel and McLeod, when they got moved up to play Leon Dreisettle, they saw what an advantage this is. Let's, let's, let's seriously, the opportunity is here. Let's jump at this. They both gained confidence. And there were games where Leon was the best on the line, but there was also games where McLeod was. There was games where Fogel was. So when they decided they wanted to give Kane another shot up there, they were sending a confident Ryan McLeod back to play center. He wasn't a confident player to start this season. When he went back in the last three or four games, whenever it was, he went down. He's confident. He's, he's making plays. He's driving his line. Um, I, I liked the line when they put Holloway with him tonight. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a lot of speed. You know, you're a defenseman. You're usually, you, most teams try to get their third pairing out against the third or fourth line. Well, you're a third pairing defenseman, and you got Holloway and, and uh, McLeod and even a fast Brown coming down on you. That's not one of those shifts where you're like taking a deep breath and okay, this is the shift that we can catch our breath on. So that line was very good. And Holloway, it's two games back right now. He's been excellent yep. in both games thus far. Try and it's, it, I think it, right now the, the hardest thing for the coaching staff is trying to find enough ice time for players that are giving you quality minutes when they're out there. Holloway played 9:24, so it's actually the under. I set the line at 10 for River Creek Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Jason gets a $50 River Creek Resort and Casino gift card. When I was checking after the game, I thought there's no way he played. Oh, I, I agree. I was shocked like, when I saw that too. I'm like, holy smokes! You see, because he noticed him out there all the time. Yeah. I well, here's one of those. How, what was it? 924 he played? Yeah, that's less than Cal the Calgary game. You noticed all 924. Yeah. So there, there's nights where a guy plays 17 minutes, you're like, huh, a little surprised by that. Didn't notice him. I noticed Holloway every time he stepped on the ice. Another excellent game for Dylan Holloway. Yeah, the Oilers uh, find a way to make it work even on a night uh, in which they weren't very strong through 40 minutes. So 4-1 win over Columbus. If you're just checking in, I'll just update that stat. There have been seven winning streaks, including this one, in NHL history of 14 games or longer. So the Oilers in uh, elite company, the uh, other 14 gamers, the Washington Capitals in 2009-2010, the Boston Bruins in 1929-30, 
The Penguins in 12-13. The Islanders in 81-82 got to 15. The Blue Jackets got to 16 in 2016-17. And the Pittsburgh Penguins got to uh, 17 in 1992-1993. I know whenever I bring that up, I get a text or a tweet. Well, this team had overtime. This, You know what? If you win this many games in a row, you're doing something right. Well, like it's well and this is where I hate when anyone talks about stats because they'll say... Uh, player, well, he played in this generation. Well, the the, the, the shots. I mean, it was the, the scoring was up. I, you know what? A record is a record, because you can't do anything about when you played. So I, when they say, well, Connor would have played this this year, that guy is better because that guy's played in a sco- higher scoring. Doesn't matter. Just the record is a record. And right now it's 14 wins in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. They've got a game against Chicago they should win. They've got a game against Nashville they should win. And then we'll be really excited for that first game out of the All-Star break. Now, that's too far ahead, but that is a really exciting yeah. game in Las Vegas. Well, yeah, it's exciting to think about the, the possibilities. And uh, uh, great fan reaction at the end of the game. I, I mean, standing for about the last... 30 seconds. Uh, we've had somebody yelling stew at us here a few minutes ago. I, I don't know if, probably didn't go through on the radio, but you could hear a guy hitting a drum and doing a Let's Go Oilers chant in Fort Hall, which is kind of behind us and down a level, but Studio 99 is open on to A level? That's like about interest. nine levels down. We seem to be quite high up here, aren't we? Well, Fort Hall's right here, right? It's yeah, down that's a, a long bit. jump. It's not, well, we, we wouldn't, I'm not saying we should jump it. Have you said a level? I'm like, well, I could well, jump okay, a level. a couple levels. Okay. We're not as high as we are off the ice, but no, that's upstairs. True. We are a long way, because we know that because we have to walk from here yes. to our press box. It is a long walk. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's exciting times. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of season left, but this is just a, a remarkable run. I mean, just to, to see them rack it up, like I said, move up this... Uh, this all-time winning streak list, the personal records, and we'll get more here from Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch. Stuart Skinner was just terrific. What'd you? I mean, it, it's got to be reassuring for a uh, coach to see your goal and give you that sort of performance again. Absolutely, we weren't very good in the first two periods, and he came up with a lot of big saves. And I think with our team, you know, we played a couple emotional games. Um, you know, coming home on a road trip, playing Toronto, then Calgary, and then here playing a team that's kind of below us in the standings. We just weren't ready, and the first two periods definitely showed that. You made, for one of the rare times, significant line adjustments for the third period. Just the, I mean, obviously the lack of productivity, but just the thought process and the, the deployment personnel that you used in the third. Yeah, we needed to shake things up, and players responded. They played, all, all the guys in the third period, played really well. I think the McLeod line with Holloway and um, Brownie really started it, got our momentum going in the third period. They played well. I think it was um, DR's line after that and led to another goal. So I just, you know, overall, we just kept our game a lot more simple, worked a lot harder, skated a lot faster, created a little more chances. Holloway's had a, another great game since returning from injury and uh, scoring a goal out there tonight. Just uh, thoughts on his game coming back into the lineup. He's played two really good games for us. And, you know, he's played a little bit tonight, tonight on the left wing, but primarily he's been a centerman. It's nice to know that you've got that center depth because you never know what happens. And it's, it's nice to have that. And, you know, he's been physical, he's been fast, he's been really reliable just on the defensive side of the puck. So it's a good addition to it for our team. 
do you view this as a game where you, you know, you didn't play very well and you got away with one, or is it more along the lines of this is who we are? We've got a great goalie and we own the third period. We got away with one. We can't rely on that. Um, yes, we've got a great goalie, but we gotta we gotta check better. We gotta manage the puck. I think we just we're waiting for the puck to come to us, and we gotta skate. We gotta work to get it back. And they they were the faster team the first 40 minutes, and yeah, it definitely looked like that. We only had uh, 14 shots after the second period. It wasn't good enough. Um, I'm not sure we had maybe 14 just in the third period alone. So. Yeah, we just got to simplify our gameplay faster. Chris, the um, the one tendency in this winning streak has been the domination in the third period. You've outscored teams 26 to 6. The second period, pretty good too. I think it's 4 6. The first has been pretty even. I think you're plus one. You sense anything from your team? What have you seen maybe that's different, um, you know, in the third and, the, and even the second period compared to your starts? You know, I think it's. You could say what we're doing. You could also think about what other teams are doing. Obviously, the other team is getting really excited to play us. We're on a winning streak. They know we're playing well. They're excited to end that streak. So I would think a lot of credit should be given to the other team being ready to play us. We're getting every team's best right now. And for us to get up all the time as a coach, yeah, I want our guys to be up ready all the time, but it's human nature to... Take a sh shortcut if you can and just not be as motivated. But they always find their games right now, and that's that's good to find out. But we can't um, not be ready to play because it's going to catch up to us. You know, tonight we got away with one, but I think in the third period we uh, played a really strong period, and that's how we played for the majority of this stretch. And could you just talk about the, the balanced scoring you're getting? You're not relying just on 97 and 29. You know, like Fogel and McLeod actually lead your team in five on five points in this streak. And, you know, tonight, Kane, Holloway, Fogel all score. And it's, it's lots of different guys at different times, Chris. I know you played. And so just the importance of that. And do you sense the offensive confidence pretty much in every one of your forwards right now? Uh, we need contributions from everybody. And it's nice to see guys chip in, you know, Throughout the stretch, maybe they don't have the most five-on-five five points, but uh, Leon and Connor have been our best players for most nights, and I think they've been very unfortunate that they don't have more goals and assists than they than they have. But they're not going to be able to score every single night. You need that depth, and we've got guys who are jumping in the bit to contribute. And you know, two of the guys that you mentioned, um, McLeod and Fogel have played really well and and they've been used in different situations Fogel pretty much through this stretch has always been on Leon's side but you think about the versatility of um, McLeod moving left wing and playing center and playing with uh, many many uh, line mates throughout this stretch so it's it's nice to have the coach or nice for a coach to have the uh, versatility of of uh, being able to change your lineup That is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Well, he said, you know, we got away with one. But mm -hmm. I, he also, you know, he credited the other teams too. And we talked about it after, I can't remember which period. You know, other teams will work. You can't expect that the yep. Oilers are never going to lose the, a, a puck battle or get hemmed in or give up a scoring chance. The issues tonight were how many times the Oilers handed the, the team there. But, I mean, we, the Columbus, 
Columbus did work, but I heard you saying with Bob, I mean, some of their execution isn't exactly at the highest level either. No, it's not. There's a reason they're in 15th place out of 16 teams in the Eastern Conference. They, they've they got some incredibly skilled players, and that Fantilli's a fantastic player. He's yeah. fast. Uh, Johnson's fast. Johnny Goudreau. But you look at their, their lines, I think they only have two players or three players in their whole lineup that are plus. Uh, they are good one way. They're not as good the other way. They gave up chances. Now, they worked hard in the first 40 minutes, and if they don't get the goals, if they don't capitalize, uh, they're going to be chances coming the other way. And they gave up some big grade-A chances against in the third period. So uh, the Oilers fortunate to be tied going into the third. But once it got to the third and they were tied, I mean, you could bet the house that they were going to win that period. Columbus did everything they could in the first 40 minutes. They didn't capitalize. And the way Stuart Skinner was playing, once the Oilers got that lead, I I could not see Columbus coming back. And he didn't have to work in the third period. They did, it was a, Shots were 11-2 until they got that late, late power late, play. Yeah. So they really had nothing going. And that's another thing we've seen about the Oilers, that they have shut teams down. They've taken a lead in third periods and completely shut the other teams down. Their best defensive and offensive period in this hockey game was the final 20. Yeah, no doubt about it. So the Oilers win at 4-1. That is 14 consecutive victories. It's a $400 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling the net with $100 every time the Oilers score. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're going to hear from Stuart Skinner, from Warren Fogle, from Evander Kane, all coming up on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Up the left wing to Fogle, now to Kane, in over the line, comes down that left side, in front of the net, scores! Evander Kane with a centering pass, and Warren Fogle gets it underneath Merzlikin. Warren Fogle, first period goal. Only one the Oilers got in the first period tonight. They did the rest of their scoring in the third in a 4-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Fogle. Well, there wasn't the uh, first two periods uh, a challenge, so what did you kind of see that allowed you to kind of pull away uh, in period three? Um, I think it starts off with, you know, Stu keeping us in that game. You know, that, that honestly could have been like a five, five nothing after the first two periods. Um, he was rock solid and, you know, the, the, he's been playing unbelievable. And as a group uh, coming into third, we, we knew we needed to be better. And, you know, I thought we were playing uh, quicker, direct, and, um, you know, you could see by the pace of play we were playing in the third. Is it getting easier to correct your game now that you've had a lot of good periods over the last couple of months? Is it easier to find the right game when you're looking for it? Um, you know, I, I just think in this group, uh, you know, I think the big message is just being calm. And, uh, you know, we've got great leaders in this room. And, you know, I think guys are just been buying into that. And, you know, that's uh, one thing that's really helped us go on this streak. What's that? Let's do right off the start. I mean, it's our one-offs. He's been doing this for about two months now. What's that like to be playing in front of him right now? Yeah, you know, he's, he's been unbelievable. Um, you know, I think it starts from in practice uh, how dialed he's been in. And um, it's trans- translating to uh, his great uh, 
effort during games and um, you know we, we don't want to rely on him too much there and um, but you know it's nice to know that he's uh, you know a brick wall there in the back. You're sensing some calm from him you know a lot of nights? Yeah you know uh, in, he's just he's just been unbelievable you know he's he's calm in the net you know yeah, when we're, I know, we're not really panicking out there, but when we do, you know, it's nice to know that he's calm and making a big save. And um, like you said, he's been he's been unreal for the last uh, few months. That is Warren Fogel. Well, 11 straight wins from your goalie. <laughs> and uh, another 12 games in a row, the Oilers have allowed two goals or less against. Yeah, well, it's, uh, that is shocking when, when you think, I mean, even, even if the Oilers didn't have the start to the season they had, it would still be shocking that they've had that many with yeah. just the team that they have built. Um, but no, it is amazing right now that if you think about the way the Oilers' first 15 or 12 games went, that we are only at the halfway mark. They have got a 14-game winning streak and an 8-game winning streak in the first half of the season, and their goaltender who at times there was a lot of talk that the others need to improve on goaltending, just broke a Grant Fuhr record. All of this has happened in the first half of a season that looked like they were taking themselves off a cliff, the playoff cliff. It's just unreal how much drama mm-hmm. and how much of a roller coaster the first 40 games have been. And the nice thing right now, this is like the middle of the season when it kind of is like, a, there's like a lull in the yeah. season until you start getting into a big playoff race. So it's kind of nice the others have this nice run going to keep everybody as interested and as excited about the Oilers hockey as you can possibly be in the cold days of January. So the Oilers 27-15-1 on the season after the 4-1 win tonight over the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets now 14-23-9. We'll go to Paul on the Certainty Hotline. Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead, please. Well, very exciting day for sure. But listen, I just don't understand the negativity of your announcers, uh, the color men especially. Uh, I think there's got to be a little bit more faith put into the uh, club surroundings than announcer making sort of blatant negative comments about the play. I know they might have a slow start, but that's a possibility in every sport. But I, I really enjoy uh, Cam's uh, reporting on the game. But I tell you, you guys got to cool it on the negativity. Uh, no, completely disagree. Completely that. disagree. It's not negativity if we're telling you what we see and analyzing what happens. And the Oilers did not play to their standard in the first 40 minutes. Now, we also gave Columbus credit for, the, for working hard. Yeah, but, he's, but he's, talking, he's talking about Bob and during the game. He's not talking about between periods. You're talking about the color man during the game that sits beside the camera, you know what? Yes, the color man is a little bit offbeat. But I think uh, he's got to be a little bit more. Well, I'll tell you what, he's got a talk faith. show. You can Let's call him it. and tell him. Like, you can call him and tell him. I'm not going to speak for Bob. Okay? Will you do that tomorrow? Oh, you're not good. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right, appreciate it. 7804960063. Bob's emotional sometimes. That he is. That he is. Uh, whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print a coup- up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Well, speaking of uh, broadcasters, Jack Michaels. 
50 years of age today. Happy oh. birthday, Jack. I knew it was a big one. They kept talking. I didn't know if it was 60, 70. I wasn't sure which big one it was. Oh, um, I, we, we're on, we don't get to see the TV because uh, we're on between periods, but I did get a flash. They were giving him, I think Louie gave him a cake today. Yeah. I, I did see that there were firemen around him just because there was a lot of candles on it. So, but happy birthday to Jack. Uh, and you got to celebrate by calling a the 14th straight win of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, pretty cool. 4-1 over the Blue Jackets. Uh, we got Sir Robert on the line as well. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Very negative. Extremely negative. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, 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 I mean, I don't... That was a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's a couple uh, couple thoughts on the game and then I have a quick thought on the signing of Corey Perry. Uh, I'll start with the game. I thought, obviously, like you guys said, first two periods, the Oilers were, well, let's just say not good, below average, but Skinner, again, did his job. We've been talking about it. Kept him in it, third period. We found our game, got the win. Penalty kill's been absolutely outstanding lately. Power play hasn't been hasn't been what we're used to seeing. But I've said this before. It's it's actually actually kind of nice to see that we're that we're finding ways to win games when we're not when we're not heavily relying on McDavid and Bicycle to score four and five points like we were in the past. I'm liking that, and it's in a quick, quick thought on the uh, uh, the signing of Perry. Mm-hmm. Personally, I like the signing. I hated him when I mean, like I hated him when we when we were playing against him. I like the fact that he's now on our team. I like the fact that he can play anywhere in the lineup. I agree with this. You, you start him in the bottom six, third, fourth line. You can move him up if need be. Maybe you give him a shot with. Drysaddle or McDavid or both at some point or another, but overall, to me, it's a good signing, and I think uh, you know. Well, and I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's you know Stanley Cup. It's too early. There's still still half a season left, but you know, I like the signing, and we'll uh, go for 15 against Chicago. Yeah, well, I think Perry is going to hopefully give the orders what they need in the in the bottom six 38 years of age a lot of experience uh what he went to the cup final three years in a row dallas montreal tampa bay Mm -hmm. so he can still contribute and yeah i mean i i I talked about how vegas had a bunch of miserable angry players (laughs) in the playoffs last year when they put on hockey equipment and uh, perry certainly when he hits the ice is uh, is not a pleasant human being. <laughs> no, per- Perry was made for playoff hockey. He's exactly what the Oilers have needed for a number of years in their bottom six. And uh, he he comes up big in big games. I've, I've been a Corey Perry fan forever because of the way he plays. He plays the game to win. He'll do whatever it takes. So uh, a good addition to, for the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, he, he's a depth player that if injuries do come into play, He's capable of playing in your top six. There's other guys that have been up there as band-aids at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, Orion, players like that, that they can play their short periods of time, but that's not what they're made for. Corey Perry was a top-line player for a number of years. If he has to go up and play in your top six for uh, a period, he's capable of doing it and understands how to do it because that's how he was. He, he's been a goal scorer his whole life. So Corey Perry, a great addition to the dressing room and a great addition is going to be on the ice when we finally get to see him. 
4-1, the Oilers beat the Blue Jackets for their 14th straight win. We have Big Bad Joe on the Certainty Hotline. BBJ, go ahead. Hey, you guys. It was an awesome day again. And uh, I was that Bob uh, Rob, though, and I thought um, Jack was going to be 62, uh, and uh, congrats to uh, Stewart for having the record. You know, I the reason I called this one, you know, the caller, what said about, you know, the negativity, you know what? I don't know why he didn't mention Rob's name, because Bob will say how it is. Rob will say how it is. I love listening to you guys, and especially Rob, because how he analyzes. And, you know, if your team plays bad, you 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 can say they play bad, and they suck the first two periods. But he picked it up in the third, and he won the game. And I think, you know, you in the media, you know, you guys getting a lot of uh, sometimes dumps on you guys. But, I mean, you know, I think the oil is now in the face of, you guys are always honest, though. You, you telling the things how the things are. And that is what I so appreciate in, in all of you guys. Well, and that's all you, what I we appreciate say. that, Joe. We, we, quite frankly, I appreciate that. I don't want to make the show about us. Uh, and, and, again, here's the thing. If, if you want to talk to Bob, Bob has a talk show. He will talk to you. So he does have Oilers now from 5 to 7 tomorrow. We'll go to uh, Marco at 780-496-0063 as well. Marco, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, obviously, Bob, way too negative tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I got a quick question. Um, if you guys see Corey Perry coming into the lineup on Saturday, obviously the last couple of games, Sam Gagne that's come into play, he's made a lot of positive impacts on the game. Who would be coming out of our lineup if Corey Perry was to be suited in, in the lineup? And where would he sit in the lineup when he came in? I, I think if you put him in, it would be Sam Gagne coming yeah, out. I, I, Simply do, I do think it would be Gagne. Sam Gagne doesn't penalty kill. Um, and Sam Gagne gets power play time, well, that's where Corey Perry will go. So uh, when they eventually make the change, unless there's an injury before that, he will be going in for Sam Gagne. Uh, to me, I, I, I probably wouldn't play him in the lineup until after the All-Star break. Let him practice. Uh, let him get acclimated to his new teammates. I mean, especially if the team's winning, you don't have to make that move. And that gets him an extra 10 days of practice time. But I guess they will make the decision going forward. But yes, it would unless there is an injury, it would be Sam Gagne that would come out of the lineup. Yeah, Gagne. Did he play the uh, 7:44? Yeah, he played the fewest minutes tonight. We mentioned Holloway at 9:24. Um, uh, Ryan got to 10:01. He, he killed some. But they're else, not going to so. take Ryan or Brown out. They're, no, no, they're I'm just, big I was just looking killers. at the other yeah. ice time guys. So yeah. Um, yeah, I know Gagne, what does he have, five goals? I mean, not bad for how Very much good. he's played, but I just think, like you said, the special teams and the possible impact of, of Perry. That, that Well, like Perry's going to be on your second up. power play unit, and he'll go on with Fogle and Kane, and Gagne would come out, and you still have all your penalty killers in there. Oilers take it 4-1 over the Blue Jackets. Let's update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Blues score in the final minute, beat the Flames 4-3. Rangers lead the Sharks 2-1 in the third. Also in the third, Ducks up 3-2 on Buffalo. It is the Golden Knights getting a 3-2 win over the Islanders. Wild beat the Capitals 5-3. Senators knock off the Canadians 4-1. Kucherov hat trick. Lightning 6. Flyers 3. Carter Hart has taken a leave from the Flyers. And the Stars beat the Red Wings 
5-4. All right, you're going to hear from Stuart Skinner, from Evander Kane. We'll get to uh, a couple more phone calls as well. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. And Severson up the middle of Chinikov. Now a breakaway pass to Johnny Goodrow. Goodrow in the shot. Oh, the glove save made by Skinner. He holds onto it as he absolutely stymies Johnny Goodrow. Outstanding performance by Stuart Skinner tonight. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. He's won 11 straight. New team record for a goaltender, passing Grant Fewer. And Skinner on the season is now 22-9-1. <laughs> well, and it's, it's not... It's funny. You can have a goalie with a good record if he's got a great offensive team in front of him and they're winning 6-4 or 7-5 or things like that. But he's just completely shutting down the opposition and looking calm about it. And it's two goals or less, game after game after game. And a bunch of these games as of late, the goal or the two goals have come early in the game. And then he shut them down the final 30 minutes or the final 40 minutes. So when it becomes important, he gets better. Uh, Tonight, Stuart Skinner stole or allowed the, uh, the Oilers to steal two points. And... This is just the run that Stuart Skinner is on. You just hope that it, uh, this magic that he has in the bottle just continues through the rest of the season right into the playoffs because he is looking unbeatable. It takes something special to beat him uh, for a goal tonight, and the goal t- the Columbus scored tonight was uh, picture perfect, but that's what it takes. You don't beat him straight in. You don't beat him with a, a 50-50 shot. It's got to be an A++ opportunity for the opposition to score and that is a mighty nice thing for uh, a hockey team to have a goaltender that is that dialed in that he can cover a lot of poor mistakes that your team makes and the others did in the first 40 minutes just checking here the last time the Oilers were scored on in the third period was Detroit and that was Pickard Mm-hmm. So Skinner has not allowed a third-period goal. It's been a while. I mean, he's been getting better and better. The, the goals he's been giving up have been early, and then he's been shutting the door. Pickard played that game against Anaheim. I hope I'm not missing one here. I don't know, but do you want me to sing while you do that? Uh, I don't think Skinner has allowed a third. I'd have to double-check this. I don't think Skinner has allowed a third-period goal since the Rangers got that one with a tenth of a second left. That was on December 22nd. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good stretch. I, I mean, you, you've got a real good run going if the third period you're completely shutting the door on the opposition. I hadn't even think to look of that before the game, but that's just what I got here flipping back through my, through my notes, so that's pretty impressive. Well, if I'm missing one, it would probably be only one, so that's still pretty good. Uh, I mean, the, the kid just broke a Grant Fuhr record. Uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah. So Stuart Skinner's on a roll. It's it's fun to watch. It's fun to be part of. That's why you don't jump off a bandwagon because special things can still happen in a season, and we're seeing that right now. Oh, you know what? What was the Ottawa game? I'm missing my sheet here for the Ottawa game. Maybe that was one. Yeah, Ottawa scored in the third. I have no idea. I'm I can't sure. remember. Yeah, this so point. anyway, one one goal 
since Christmas in the third period. Pretty impressive. Oilers win 4-1 tonight. We have the McMullet on the line. That's quite a handle. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I can't, a couple of things. I can't wait to uh, listen to Bob tomorrow, respond to that guy if he actually does phone into the show. Um, this team, did they didn't play their best in the first two periods, but, you know, they, they stuck with it. And the one thing I've noticed is this team does not quit. They don't give up. Um, my question for you guys, do you think they're going to go with Pickard on Thursday, or do you think they're with this easy schedule? Are they are they just going to ride uh, ride Skinner? I think they. Uh, I, think, I think they'll go with Pickard. I think Pickard. I, I, I do. Yeah. I think it's the the one spot they can see, and then because the the thing is, if Pickard doesn't play, when's the last time Pickard played a game? How long? Detroit. So how long ago was that? Detroit was what day was that? A week ago. More than a week? That was the 11th. So the 11th, if Pickard doesn't play on Thursday, the next game he could possibly play would be, what, February 8th? Well, unless they played him Saturday. No, but, but I mean, if he yeah. doesn't play, if they're not going to play him against, they'll play Skinner against Nashville because that's the team they're battling with for the playoff spot. So if they don't play him, then it would be, what's that, 20, 28 days, four weeks between games. So I think they have to. They have no choice but to play Pickard uh, on Thursday against the Chicago Blackhawks. And well, in all honesty, he's, he's earned the right to play because the games that he's played, he's given them good starts. I'm going to make my trip back home to Strathmore after this game. Okay, drive safe. Good work, guys. Love your show. Thanks for listening. Yes, Ottawa scored in the third period. Uh, Edmonton was up 2 nothing. They scored with five minutes left, and then Hyman finished the hat-trick. So I, I believe, unofficially flipping back through handwritten notes and using the internet, Skinner's allowed one third-period goal since Christmas. Well, that's, that's how you win 12 in a row, or 11 in a row, or 14, whatever he's... What is he at now, 12 in a row? He's at 11 wins in a row, personal oh, win streak. I've already given him Saturday's win, so <laughs> well, he better win it. it for me. We got Scott in Dallas on the line. Scott, thanks for listening and calling from Dallas. Yeah, hey, fellas. Thanks for taking the call. Good to talk to you again. Uh, I think the last time we talked was 2014, and I know you remember me by name. You just must, right? So, um, hey, what I was going to say is uh, there's been a lot of hockey that's taken place in the last eight years, uh, but I love listening to you guys in, in complete candor. I have been on hold before that one guy called and griped about the negativity thing, so take this from a vacuum standpoint, but you guys give really good insight and commentary in between periods after games. I used to get so high and low with the Oilers winning and losing that I would pull my hair out. But you guys just have a way of kind of smoothing everything out. The word is like equanimity. You just kind of smooth things out. Rob, you're so uh, self-deprecating. Oh, if I had a shot like Bouchard. Dude, you, you were a sniper. Stop stop playing it down. Um, well, I'm still trying to figure out that word you just said. I'm going to have to t- ask my wife when I get home. I say, Honey, wake up. I, I, they use this really, really big word, Scott from Dallas, and I have no idea what it meant. <laughs> That's how I got through college, Rob. I just would take out the teacher with big words. I had no substance to my arguments. So, <laughs> anyways, I just wanted to say I appreciate what you guys do. And uh, I know, it, uh, Reed, you said it's not about us, it's about the team. That's true. But somebody, guys needs, somebody needs to pat you guys on the back for doing a good job because I must be the only clown in Texas who tunes into 630 <laughs> shades between periods and after every game. So, 
Well, we I hope appreciate it's boosting that, your so. numbers, boys. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks. We appreciate we appreciate that. And uh, well, it's just more evidence that there are Oilers fans all over the world, as as we found out. So that's that's pretty cool. I I, I will I will say this. Uh, a lot of people who have played and coached many sports at very high levels have said it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. So I always often remember that when, I, when I'm talking about the results or the performances. Well, and it, it, it's it's a long year and 82 games, all that does is get you back to a restart. You, you do well enough in 82, then you get to start at 0-0 zero and zero again. So there's uh, for me, the, this is a, an Oiler team that it does not matter where they finish in, in the standings as long as it's in the top eight because they're not going to be judged on what they do in the regular season, whether they win the division or become the second wildcard team. They will be judged on what they do come April, May, and June. So that's why it's, it's really hard to get too excited or too down. Having said all of that, it's kind of exciting what you're seeing here in this last little while, 14 wins in a row, the, your, your goaltender breaking records. This is this is cool. This is something that you you don't see. I, I've been around forever, and a lot of times I come watch a hockey game. I'm, it's hard to really surprise me or, or or do something so out of the norm that I'm like, oh yeah. wow. But I'm I'm now yeah, this I'm something. a broadcaster that is as this team is. I'm looking. Well, they they honestly should win the next two games, and then they have a chance to tie an all-time record. Uh, winning record in Vegas and like what a place to do it it's the I mean that is a team that they're going to have to go through at some point in the playoffs and they are a good hockey club I know that's getting ahead bit a bit but and I don't normally get ahead of myself but I'm, I'm just looking at what this team is doing and it is a very exciting time to be an Oiler fan right now and an Oiler broadcaster yeah well I mean I, I read those records like it's it's not overstating it it's one of the best winning streaks in the history of the NHL and mm-hmm. I made the point after eight that's 10% of the season in the bank. 20 points in the bank. You know, that's that's a pretty significant winning streak. Well, what's so, fun is, so it's, we're four, it's is 14, it 14? 14. And that's that's after an eight-gamer that just happened previously. Right. So yeah. they've got 22 wins in their last 25 games. Yeah, they're 22 and three in their they're last winning. 25. So I, I am, uh, one of the things, one of the few subjects that I was good at in school was math. That's an 88% winning percentage. That'll get you, uh, <laughs> that'll get you in the playoffs, but that'll yeah. certainly also win you divisions and conference titles. They are playing outstanding hockey. Even when they play bad, they play well, well enough to win. Well, that's the thing. Good teams have to win with their B game. And how do you do that? Often goaltending and special teams. And that was big tonight because Skinner was great. They killed off the power plays. And, then, and they got a power play they, goal. They come through in the, in the end to get it done. And it, was a, and it was the second unit goal. I think that's even more important. Their second power play unit was the one that got them a goal tonight. That was a big goal. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Goal and assist tonight for this guy, Evander Kane. I mean, yeah, we obviously didn't, uh, you know, give them guy. They played really well. Um, they worked hard and they skated, uh, skated really well in the first couple of periods. And you know, good teams find a way to win. And um, obviously, Skins uh, helped us out a little bit and, and kept it one-one uh, there. And you know, we. Uh, 20 minutes to win, win a game in the third period and played a little bit better in the third. Can you talk about what it is right now, Evander? You've outscored teams 26 to 6 in the third period here during this streak. Is, do you feel that when you're after coming out from the second period? Do you just sense the group's that confident? Oh, I think we just all knew if you know, we played uh, played our brand of hockey in the third because uh, we did it in the first two periods, obviously. Um, we liked our chances and uh, 
I thought we came out and did that for the most part in the third period. What would you say about Stewart? Uh, he's going to say the first two periods, but really throughout this stretch, what he's kind of meant to this team. Yeah, he's given us uh, solid goaltending. Um, you know, in moments where uh, we haven't had our best hockey, he stepped up and, and, and kept it uh, manageable and kept us in the game. And um, like I said, you know, we've we've done a good job of winning games different ways, and um, you know, you have to do that if you're going to win 14 in a row. You've played in the league. You've seen all the best goalies, and you're going up against this guy in practice all the time. How good is Skinner? How good can he be? Like, what do you guys have here? Yeah, I, I think he's he's a gamer. Um, you know, you've, you've seen it over the stretch here. Um, I think he's a he's a confident guy, and uh, he has a lot of self-belief. And um, you know, you're seeing that uh, in his last stretch of games for sure. Um, and it's it's obviously helping our team win uh, in a big way. You say you're not. You know, the guys are saying they're not really thinking about the streak. But once it gets to 14, is it, is it hard not to? Yeah, now that we're at 14, <laughs> it's, it's definitely something we're thinking about. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we want to finish off uh, this homestand uh, in, a, in a good, positive way, uh, headed into a, a week break. And, um, you know, we uh, need to keep collecting points because there's a lot of teams that are ahead of us that are winning as well. So, um, you know, it's great to have the streak, but uh, points are important right now. You had a, a bet earlier in the season with McGibbon Price that if the streak gets to 20 games, they'll wear double Rolexes in practice. Is that still a standing bet? That's not in practice. That's in the, that's in the warm-up, oh, in the like, like I did uh, the last streak. So uh, Actually, Dave has to wear a grill, so he might want to go to the, <laughs> he might want to go to the dentist now just, to, just in case we get there, so we'll see. <laughs> well, that's an interesting bet. I didn't know about that. Neither did I. Yeah. And Leon's got to wear a grill. Is that what he I said? Connor has to wear. Or do you say Connor? Oh, other, is he double Rolexes? Is that what they said? I, 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 I don't know. know. That's out of my price range when you start talking things like that. Double Timexes uh, is... I could probably <laughs> afford. Oilers <laughs> win four one. It's fourteen in a row. We got Darcy standing by as well. Go ahead, Darcy. Hey guys. Hey, just wanted to touch base on like the game tonight and kind of what's happening over the last fourteen games and twenty five games. Is it just me, or are you seeing a team that's playing like much more mature hockey that we saw earlier in the season? Yes. Um, like I'm, I'm watching them play now, and and it, it, it reminds me a lot of like the early 2000s Devils, the late 90s Stars, the Red Wings of the 90 of the 90s 2000s. Like a team that you know the less talented team might try and and get a jump start on them. They'll push the river. They'll push. They'll push. They can't, you know, they can't beat the goaltending. They, they just, you know, don't get any, maybe any bounces or whatever happens. And then, you know, all of a sudden the game turns into a 4-1 hockey game. And that's what we're seeing with the Oilers. I feel like every game's like they're just, they're there. They're just playing patient hockey. They're not going to do anything stupid. And then w- when they can capitalize, they capitalize. So, I'm just, I, I'm, it's been really impressive to watch. And like Stuart Skinner, man, I mean, the guy is friggin' outrageous. He, uh, he's, he's the reason why they're not falling behind 2 nothing or 3-1 or whatever, you know, happens during the course of a hockey game, right? So... Yeah, I, I, I think composure is a good word. I think maturity is a good word. I, I think uh, under control is a good word. Now, tonight they were not always under control because they weren't breaking the puck out very well and doing other things but that that's a change from earlier 
I mean, I remember saying that maybe it was you that said it. One of us said it after the first game that the Oilers lost 8-1 to Vancouver. <laughs> and the score probably flattered the it, Oilers. It they, they were that bad and that in a tizzy. Yep. And, uh, you know, we saw uh, other games. And uh, I don't mean to pick on the guy. He lost his job. I mean, Jay got kicked out of a game yep. in, in Vancouver. So there wasn't, uh, and certainly as we saw, one goal against led to another goal against led to another goal against. I mean, we can talk forever about why it was happening. Yes, they weren't getting saves. Yes, they were also giving up way too many grade A chances. So it it is uh, it is a more mature performance. I think a more committed team, and and you know they they look like uh, like I said one way or another over this winning streak they've. When they've fallen behind, it hasn't spun out of control, and then they've been able to find their way back in it. Yeah, I mean, you see star players dumping pucks in now. Uh, you see uh, line changes at the right time. Um, players getting back in the right place defensively. I think this is a team, uh, they probably put a little too much pressure on themselves to start the season with all the, yep, that's the copper good point. bust. Yep, good point. But... What they're more or less saying is they're, they've got, I mean, there's teams that are trying to make the playoffs, there's teams trying to win a division. The others are only trying, they, they believe that this is a team good enough to win a Stanley Cup. And to win a Stanley Cup, you have to play the proper way. They've seen, they've lost out the last two years to very good teams who played the proper way. And I think they're, they're realizing, especially after the start to the season, you cannot outscore mistakes. Because the other teams, there's good teams out there too. And if you make enough mistakes, they're going to capitalize and you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of the scoreboard too many times. The others are playing smart hockey. And uh, right now, uh, again, you can go up and down their lineup. And it's hard to find somebody that is not pulling the rope. Someone that's not doing what they're asked to do. Not playing their role to perfection. I mean, Connor Brown was supposed to be a top six guy here. He's got zero goals on the season. Huge part of their penalty kill. So guys are finding ways to contribute every night, and that's why this team's won 14 in a row and moving up in the standings. 4-1 over the Blue Jackets tonight. Stuart Skinner was absolutely marvelous. He made 27 saves. He now holds the longest winning streak by a goaltender in franchise history with 11. You'll hear from him when we bring you back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open. Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Out of Corrali into the Oiler end. Back to Bean. He'll go to the, towards the net. It comes out. Oh, the save made by Skinner off of Corrali. What a stop. Dreisaitl will get it out. Outstanding performance by Stuart Skinner. 27 stops. Oilers win their 14th in a row, 4-1 over the Blue Jackets at Rogers Place. Here's Skinner. Stu, Warren Fole was just talking about how you really kept your team in. Can you talk about the mentality maybe when you know the guys don't have it? And is, is there like a challenge for yourself to keep your team in it? Yeah, uh, I think that's why us goalies love, uh, love to play the game. I think moments like that where you're, you're able to come up with a couple big saves and keep your, uh, keep your team in it. A uh, big part of our job is just being able to give our team a chance to win. Um, I think I did that for uh, for a couple periods, and then in the third period we just kind of we took it home. So uh, it's really really good pushback by our group. What yeah. happens in the third period with you? you? Haven't lost the third period in this entire streak. Then um, the goals falling against are, are a bit ridiculous. What what happens if gear gets shifted with this group? Yeah, I think I think it's just kind of been. Uh, 
a lot of work going into the third period, uh, especially when we're in these tight games. Uh, we know what's on the line for us. Uh, every point's massive, uh, and we know that. And going into the third periods, it's been really we've been either down one or up one. So, um, yeah, just critical periods, and and uh, that's when we love to come out and, and shine. Franchise record uh, for you: 11 straight wins for a goaltender. Does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. It's it's. Uh, I was feeling a lot of emotion, especially when I went out on the ice for uh, for the first star there, just because it's pretty cool being able to break a record from one of the best goalies to ever ever live so um obviously a guy that i look up to a guy that i've talked to and he's just one of the best so um yeah i'm very very fortunate to be uh to be able to break it you were born when he was playing what do you know about him what what's your relationship in any way your dad watch him uh yeah i mean uh i think our whole family's probably my, my whole family's probably watched him um i've watched Every single YouTube video possible on him, uh, from his interviews to uh, to his incredible saves. Um, obviously, it's really cool what he did uh, for this organization. I mean, he's one of the best to ever play the game again, Hall of Famer, as he should be. So um, it's a uh, it's very cool feeling. What's it like for a modern goaltender to watch the way that Grant played back in the day? The two styles, yeah. so it's such a contrast, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just. It, it is pretty wild uh, to see how they how they play it. I mean, they're like what I think about is how heavy their gear would have been and uh, being you know getting shots in the collarbone. They didn't have like too too much protection. The mask that they wore. It's uh, it takes a lot of guts to to do what they did, um, especially at that time. But uh, especially for Grant, watching him, watching all those videos that I've been able to watch, um, knowing him personally, he's just such a competitor. Uh, and, and I mean, you you saw that in uh, when they won the cup when they uh, just when he was always playing so um pretty cool we see you guys you and Vinny do the high five yeah. at the end of every game what's the origin story to that uh started back in Wichita when we played in uh the ECHL um and yeah it's just kind of a moment where uh him and I are very tight obviously because we were able to kind of move our way up to sorry about that <laughs> sorry uh from the coast to the American League to the NHL so um just something that we love to do uh obviously we're incredible friends um and we love to celebrate uh, the wins when we can yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, there's every single game so different, right? There's uh, there's games where it's been tight, games where uh, we kind of take over, games where other teams take over. So uh, it's just been a lot of uh, a lot of resilience from our group. Um, you know, going off the street, going off my play, going off everybody's play. It's been it's been pretty amazing to watch this group. Uh, uh, work to where we are today. Uh, at the same time, we have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, we're kind of in the middle middle part, and there's there's a lot of work to be done. So it's it's uh, up to us to to keep moving forward here. And their next opportunity to do some work and make it 15 games in a row is Thursday. Our broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesland Brothers. 5.30 face-off show game at 7. Oilers at home to the Chicago Blackhawks. Big thanks to Brendan Escott for bringing us the post-game audio tonight. Troy Bowlers, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place. Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30. Chet Skinner makes 27 saves. Fogle, Kane, McDavid, and Holloway score. 4-1 win over Columbus. It is indeed a 14-game winning streak for your Edmonton Oilers. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.